0: and success on this week's behind the behind the music man we are going to feel like a woman because we're going to talk about canadian legend shania twain ash uh, how are you doing
1: uh i'm i'm digging that intro <laughs> i i already feel like a woman
0: <laughs> <laughs> i want to wear man shirts and short skirts I think those are the lines in the song. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, that song is a mainstay of my dad's like workout workout mixes. So my dad great choice. My dad's always been like kind of an aerobics dude, mm-hmm. and man, I feel like a woman like was constantly playing in our car.
1: It's just such a pump up song. It's
0: yeah, great. you can't, you cannot hate that song. I don't care what anybody. You can't. Says. No,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's get into Shania. Where, what is your earliest memory of Shania, and what does she mean to you?
1: Um, I was in high school when Come On Over came out, and admittedly, at the time, I was quite ignorant and was like, ugh, country music, crap." Um, but man, those songs are catchy, and I ended up buying her album. It was like. She's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she's incredible. So I, I have a very vivid memory of the first time I saw her. We now, for the audience, uh, you and I both grew up in Canada, in different parts mm-hmm. of Canada. And so we were subject to a particular set of laws. It is the rare time when I think government getting involved in sort of like... Uh, Culture and sort of minimum amounts of culture on television that has actually worked for the positive, and mm-hmm. there are the Canadian content rules. And the Canadian yes. content rules stipulates that a certain percentage of all broadcast entertainment, I guess, has to have some form of Canadian content. So the singer, mm-hmm. the producer, the writer there's there's like a little matrix, and they decide. And I remember one afternoon, as a teenager, and. The video, I think it's called "Man and Mine," where she's in the jeans, something like that, where she's in the jeans and the uh-huh. tied-up white shirt, and she's just kind of dancing on some random farm.
1: Yeah, because isn't that the cover of like her album?
0: I think so. Her, it's something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's one of the. <clears throat> it's must, is that "Come on Over"? Is that the big album, or maybe it's the one before? No,
1: that. it's the one before that.
0: So there she is with the curly, the long, sort of wavy curly hair, dancing and singing, and. I was, like, immediately in love with her. I'm like, who is this? Number one, I was, who is this? Number two, I was like, this person is extremely Canadian. Like, I I didn't make the connection. There's a big part of her story is how she broke all the rules of country and all of that. And in my mind, this was just a Canadian person playing music on Canadian television. I had no idea that there was this whole Nashville break in the rules story. We were just being they were just playing her songs cuz they had to fill had the to. they filled the canadian quotient with something that was relatively accessible and so oh i was in love with her from the first time i saw that video all right let's get into her story or actually i want to actually i want to quote a couple of the great lines of the show of the of, of the it. of the um, <laughs> program i would say the line of the program really comes down to this country fans may have um, oh may have what is it Hold on. It's basically country fans may have blushed at Dolly Parton's assets, but Shania's navel was more than many could bear. Something to that effect. And I wrote it down, but now that I look at it, I must have done voice to text. So the way it actually is written here is: Country fans may have blast at Dolly Parton's assets, but Shania's <laughs> navel was more than Manny, like capital M A N N Y, some guy named Manny, could bear. In any event. That was the, the 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 theme of her midriff was a big deal yeah. in this story. Did did that midriff stand out to you?
1: No, because it was sort of like at the time when like Britney was coming about, so like and Madonna had been around a while. Like we'd we'd seen navels before, and I think Shania actually says it in that in the behind the music. She's like, I don't know what the big deal was <laughs> yeah. about my navel showing. Yeah,
0: we were unburdened so. by whatever the. whatever the Nashville thing that prevented you from showing belly buttons were (laughs) at the time
1: yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad I was out of that
0: loop <laughs> So I would file should I, I remember watching this behind the music This isn't one that I'm seeing for the first time I remember it really clearly And mm-hmm. this is one of those Ones where I would say it goes way Behind the music because the music career That everybody knew is really just the Last five minutes of this episode Yeah, And they yeah, go exactly. back to her Three years old or so Performing in a bar in Canada And they yeah. really emphasize The the difficult uh, childhood that she had, and how she, you know, really came like overcame major economic adversity. Adversity. She talks about growing up in Timmins, Ontario. Have you ever been to Timmins?
1: I have actually. Oh, what's Timmins? It's a very like? nice. It's a very nice little town. They're very friendly, but it is very, very, like low income, very poor.
0: And well, so she's from Timmins And she talked about being on a bread and milk and sugar diet at times Because her family couldn't afford her food And and they talk about in this parents, Her parents being behind her And even sacrificing their gas to go to work So they could bring her to her gigs And mm-hmm. I think we, we, we follow f- kid stars and, and in a lot of cases the parents creep me out in, in this case, I was yes. ins- I was in this case I was inspired by the story. I, I, how did you feel about the story of her parents and the and the sacrifices they made, identifying her as a star?
1: No, I mean I I think that's amazing. I think, like like you said, the, the stage parents creep me out, but parents that aren't really they did sort of like thrust her into the limelight. I mean. They, they said she says in the documentary, like, "Oh, I was three years old, and they woke me up to take me to this bar to sing." And I was like, "That's a bit weird," but I get where they're coming from. I think they just were, they especially her mom, like, really saw her potential, and I, I don't know. I think I think it's great when parents like really. Latch onto what their kids want to do and and let them express themselves.
0: Yeah, it didn't strike me based on the way she was talking about it and that thread in general with her parents that she felt that they were pushing her to do something that she wasn't already sort of in love wanting
1: with to do. Yeah,
0: that, like they were enabling it and and frankly, her brothers and sisters who were all part of the documentary. I, were so supportive and so grateful mm-hmm. and kind of understood. And you know, granted, they're they're going from twenty. I, I thought it was really inspiring. This is somebody who worked hard,
1: uh, really hard.
0: The, and then they they talk a little bit about her working, in, I guess, in logging business. Like her whole family working, you know, logs. Yeah. And, and I and and while that was going on, and and I'm curious to what you think of this from a storytelling perspective. Did you? Did you foresee any foreshadowing as to like why we were spending so much time on the logging from a storytelling perspective?
1: Um <clears throat> not the first time I watched it, no. Yeah. Cause I, the, like, the first time I watched it like you, I think, was years and years ago when it like originally on MTV or whatever or much music. And I knew her parents had died, but I didn't know how. So the foreshadowing didn't mean anything. I mean, Timmins is a logging city or a yeah. little town, you know what I mean? So like it could have that it, that didn't Really need to mean anything other than Unfortunately what happened
0: Yeah and and so Okay so yeah so similarly I I was watching it this time and going Oh Yeah my parents were killed by A timber truck that Crossed, when they were off going to work, um, yeah, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that's why they spend all this time explaining that this was the family business." It made a lot more sense to me this time. I didn't remember that part, and yeah. that was and 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 I had this note to myself saying, "I should have realized this is was going to come back later." Um, <laughs> okay, there's so there's a her,
1: pattern to the behind the music. You should have.
0: <laughs> th- that's true. Her parents. You're right. I've only watched you know twenty of them in the last <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> So her parents pass away, and then she has to go out and work at a resort, singing yeah. in, like, one of these shows. Have yeah. you ever—now, you perform live in various places. Have you ever performed on, like, a cruise or as part of, a like, a review cast in something?
1: Uh, no. No, not like anything like that. We've done like charity nights or like event nights, which, depending on how drunk the audience is, can go really well or really like terrible. So, no, no never in like a resort or anything like that.
0: Okay, so you weren't like ever in like the cast at like a club met or something like that.
1: Absolutely not. Okay, so one <laughs> I thing. Can't sing for starters.
0: So one thing I'm fascinated by. And when we were with the family at Busch Gardens this weekend, I was constantly walking around and trying to figure out the organizational structure of, like, what's the hierarchy of these jobs? If you're the guy that has to hold the chain right before all the people line up for the first ride before it opens, is that a better job than the person who is the animal trainer? Right. And where does the person who um, has to run the photo booth fit in? You know, because you have people yelling at you for their photos all day. So I asked. So I. In, what, in in the part of the show, in the, in the episode when she was at the resort, I was trying to imagine, like, a TV show, like Young Shania. Like, you know how there's—I mm-hmm. know, do you still watch Young Sheldon?
1: Uh, I watched one episode, no. Oh, okay, all right,
0: just one. <laughs> um, so Young Shania, I was imagining this almost, like, Canadian dirty dancing type of yes! show.
1: Yeah, and the cat skills, the Canadian conversion.
0: Exactly, Shania star of the show, uh, but it sounds like she learned a lot in that process. That mm-hmm. that was I like that they didn't belittle that. That they again, she struck me as just grateful, and that every aspect yeah. of her life helped her learn something. Plus, I enjoyed the extensive conversation in the episode about feather boas. <laughs> they were really into that.
1: <laughs> it was like the 80s,
0: 90s. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it was. yeah. so all right now now it gets interesting. She goes down to Nashville. She has to write with songwriters, uh, professional yeah. songwriters, and she seems very uncomfortable by this. and you're mm-hmm. you're a writer. yeah, um, I have done my share of I would say co-creating. I would not classify myself as anywhere near uh, the quality of being a writer. Um, but to to me, Creating with someone is not something you can just be dropped in a room and do it. It's a very, I think, personal process. And I was, oh yeah. Would you be able to like? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess the experience of if someone's just signed you up with someone and say, "Hey, write a sketch." Would you be able to? Would you be able to do that?
1: You'd you'd be able to knock one out, yeah. But whether it's good, you know, it, it's very hard to put creative people together because they're not all going to sync together, and. The sinking and the being on the same Wavelength is the important part if you're gonna Collaborate so I totally get where Shania was like no I was not into this Plus she always like she also brought up the fact that Like they went and wrote from like Nine to five and she's like I just write Whenever it hits me she's like I can't just write On a on a sketch on your Schedule which is another thing that is like a part of my creative process. Like I can't just be like, I'm gonna write from twelve till three. No, I have to write when it hits me and when I get inspired.
0: And then you dive in, right?
1: And then that's it. You just go for it.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And so the again, I, I didn't go into this remembering Shania the songwriter at all. Mm-hmm. And again, it gave me a lot of respect for her that she was not kinda of willing to to play that to play that game. So she so she Nakes an album, only gets one of her own songs on the album for for the Nashville crew. And then enter Mutt. (laughs) With one or two Ts. One or two Ts, right? She spelt it wrong originally. Mutt Mutt Lang. Legendary music producer. Okay, so what's your assessment of Mutt's early motivations? He calls her up, asks for her autograph, and just says he's a fan. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you think?
1: No, he saw that video.
0: I was like, she's hot. And so Mutt calls her up and then says, hey, do you write songs? I'd like to work with you. And again, I'm still at the, wow, Mutt's pretty sketchy guy. I can't believe (laughs) he did this. But... You know, here's a guy. He's produced uh, at least one of our other Behind the Music uh, victims, uh, Def Leppard, Brian Adams. And there was one more big one. Oh, ACDC. Yeah, he did ACDC. Black and Black. So he's not, I mean, you know, the Nashville guys were sort of turned off by him. But this guy is a legend for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that at the point that he's willing to really create with her, he wasn't just I mean, I think what he did as a great producer, which maybe a director does in the acting world, but I feel like he really brought the music out uh, in those songs. Like, there's a different sound between her more national sounding songs and the songs that he produced. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but to me, not knowing a lot about country music, that was never a like controversial thing. I was like, oh, this is appealing and Canadian sounding. <laughs>
1: Canadians out'm like it doesn't
0: really sound Canadian to, to me, me Shania will always sound Canadian like the yeah whole, because you
1: know she's Canadian
0: that maybe that's it but there's just you know there are some things a friend of mine describes as like there's a certain off-brandedness to certain things that you grew up with in Canada like like how I don't know if I don't know what your TV situation was, but like we didn't have ABC or NBC or Fox. We had Global and C T V, right? Oh they, Lord, yeah. And they looked kind of like American Networks, but they were super Canadian. And <laughs> you'd have you'd have like a, a a TV show, like there was LA Law, and then mm-hmm. the Canadians had a show called Street Legal. It looked yep. kind of like LA Law. On the C B C on the But it was on the C B C so for to me, Shania always Kind of had a Canadian-ness about her, but a high-quality Canadian-ness about her. So here's, I'm going to work in another, I'm going to work in another quote from the, this one I transcribed properly. So this one they say, since this Canadian whirlwind has blazed a new, uh, since this Canadian, oh man, hold on a second. All right. Okay, this Canadian whirlwind blazed a new trail proving once and for all that there's more to country than hee-haw, heartbreak, and (laughs) honky-tonk. That's an awesome line. Beautiful. Alright, so she makes the albums for which we, you know, bringing back to the original part of the story, she makes those albums for which we knew her. And uh, she gets she gets um, that's when the people start nipping at her heels with the With the complaints (laughs) that maybe she's a puppet of Mutt Lang or that.
1: Yeah, like a studio. What did they say? Like she was a product of the studio or something like that.
0: Which I feel like we have now seen a lot of people that are products of the studio. It never even occurred to me that she was one.
1: No, but I think for a lot of the people that you would associate that with, like, i.e. Britney Spears, I never really thought about it then either about her. But now I can see it. I get it.
0: Yeah. Do you think that there's an element <clears throat> of it where she is, uh, I mean, because she's attractive, her talents were doubted? Right? Like, oh, she's oh, just definitely. a pretty face.
1: Yeah, definitely. She didn't write these songs. Of course she didn't. Look at her. No, yeah,
0: definitely. Now, I have no doubt that as a producer, he shaped the the songs. Actually, I'm curious to see the writing credits on on those albums. I'm going to pull it up right now while we're while we're talking. But mm-hmm. but a lot of good producers do do that, right? Like that's not a crazy that's not a crazy concept to have your producer have a co-writing credit to help punch up a you know. No no no. A song. <clears throat> no, no, no. No, no, no. Um, the other thing they talked about is how when she made the pop uh, crossover, how hard it was to go from country to pop. In the, you know, in the era of Taylor Swift, I never even thought about that.
1: Yeah, same. Cause no,
0: because Taylor Swift did she did she do the same thing? I don't know enough about her early stuff.
1: I, yeah, I think so. Because I think she was quite not like bluegrassy country, but like. She was more country, I think, when she started
0: Oh, okay Alright, so, yeah, I guess she maybe I don't know if she was a Nashville person, she's from like Pittsburgh, I don't know, all the big Taylor Swift fans that listen to this program gonna be really
1: I know really, I, I, We're
0: going to get the angry email from that. What are they called? Are they called Swifters? Swifties? I don't know I no idea. Taylors? They are like, now like Tinker Taylor Swifty <laughs> Spies I love uh, it, I love it Okay um Shania's over of music. What 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 do you put at the top of the power rankings of her songs?
1: <clears throat> uh Honey I'm Home is my favorite.
0: Honey I'm Home. I don't even think I know that one.
1: What it's off Come on over.
0: Oh wow, you know the deep cuts on Come on over. What? I'm pretty sure that was a single. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so I don't know that one. Shows how much I know my Shania, but now I'm going to have to go and find it. All right. And, and are, is it a ballad or is it more of like one of her upbeat ones?
1: No, it's an upbeat one.
0: Okay, an upbeat one. Yeah. So I had a. So on the next album, is the song uh, Don't Impress Me Much? Uh-huh. Where she kind of changed her look and she's wearing like leopard print and walking around. Uh-huh. And I, I always love that song. I always love that song. It kind of, I mean, the lyrics like are a little bit hokey. Like, have you got the what is it? You've got the something. You've got the touch. Uh, is that is is? Don't impress me much on up.
1: No, it's on. Uh, Come on over. Oh, it's
0: on. Come on over. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So okay. So no, that's not on the up album. It's right. So <clears throat> don't impress me much. I really like that song. I loved the. I loved the, uh, the the kind of edgier look she had in the video. Uh, of course, I also love the um, the man of mine video as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that that other one. But I, I will admit that while I was uh, I had the episode playing in the car, so I was listening to the audio of it as I was driving earlier, oh, wow. and. Um, what's that song looks like we've made it. you're still the one was playing you're
1: still the one
0: and before i realized it i'm like singing along singing the backup vocals going you know still the one uh, i was getting like misty and emotional for it so i i think that um i think that that one might even have the edge because it just it, like took me over earlier like the spirit of Shania.
1: Well, yeah, I was like the same way because I was like like, I had it on when I was like working and uh, I was like, oh, I I sent you a message. I was like, man, I forgot how many good songs she had. So as soon as the episode was over, I was like, Spotify. All
0: right. Cool. All right. So let's do a little bit of an epilogue because this really ends at the uh, maybe her peak of her career. But yeah, there's a, a lot more has happened since then. She did have that album up. Which is the name of another Canadian album band? Great Big Sea has an album called Up.
1: Yes, they do. Yeah, and
0: I love I love those guys. Have you seen them before? I have. Oh yeah, I've. Seen, Great Big Sea is weirdly turned to be one of the bands that I have seen most because my sister in law and my brother in law. I would say we have maybe two bands that we both like where our musical taste overlaps one of them's Billy Joel and one of them's Great Big C and Great Big C plays nice. in our area like every year for many years before they kind of ended and so we saw them many times anyway so they have an album called Up and I and I remember being a little resentful at the time being when she had Up <laughs> being like hey Great Big C is an album called Up but REM also had an album called Up too so I guess people just like
1: call like it. the word Up yeah. and there's a great film called Up
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that is true. That is a great, that is a great, uh, well, actually, I'm going to say that film is great. I don't doubt its greatness, but I can't watch it. It's like, it's too much for me. Like, the first 10 minutes of that movie is like the greatest short animated film ever made, but it, I sobbed like a baby. Like, we had to pause the movie.
1: Yeah. Every, every, pretty much every Pixar film will do that to me,
0: so. (laughs) So, um,. So I really liked. I don't. Do you remember the song "Up" from that song? Uh huh. I remember. I I really liked that song, but it's also attached to a very like breaking the fourth wall moment for me. Do you? I don't know if you remember. She sang. She performed in the Super Bowl. I think around that time. Did she? Yeah, she performed in the Super Bowl, and she came out, you know, wearing what almost looked like an outfit from. Uh, the Hellraiser movies.
1: I need to Google this because I'll have watched it. Was she like performing on her own?
0: Uh, well, that particular that particular <clears throat> halftime show, I think, is her. And then,
1: yep, uh, I do
0: remember. I just googled S- her. And then this actually, I didn't remember it because I only remember Shania but I think Sting and No Doubt played together, and that's actually like awesome. But I really dug the song, but it, it was so obvious to me. They all play with a backing track when they do this Super Bowl performances. Oh yeah. There's no way to make sure the sound. There's too much money riding on you know way, a, a potential live sound problem. But that one looked so obvious to me that not that she was lip syncing. I'm sure she was singing into the microphone, but that what I was seeing on television was not mm-hmm. what she was saying. Um, or maybe it's not true, and she hates us now for saying this. <laughs> But that was that was both it was this moment of cognitive dissonance because I dug the song, but the 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 uh, cena, the cenobite, the cena look plus the the appearance of of not being in sync with the track really irritated me. But uh. I do recommend you watch that halftime show because that halftime show, which I had long thought was one of the worst ones I'd ever seen, when I went back and watched the whole thing, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna revise my opinion on this. This is better than I thought it was. <laughs>
1: I, I As soon as I Googled the photo, I remember her coming out like that, but I don't remember that instant of lip syncing or whatever. I want, who so.
0: was in that Super Bowl? Like, I know you it, was, it was Sting,
1: and uh, no doubt.
0: Oh, okay. But who was in that actual Super Bowl? See, I don't know. I see oh.
1: Who was in the Super I know Bowl? We're both, uh, we're
0: both big football fans. It's going to be fun I, when we're doing this. During football
1: season, uh, Tampa Bay And Oakland
0: Oh god That's one of the many times Tampa Bay Beat my Eagle Oh not Tampa But someone beat the Eagles And went to the Super Bowl <laughs> And then won it Oh That was the year That I thought the Eagles Could have won the Super Bowl too But they lost oh. In their last game At Veterans Stadium Against Tampa Destroyed them Rondé Barber Interception won, Ended One of many times I think it ended A game against the Eagles Oh gosh Uh Uh so, some more shaniology that I have mm-hmm. is: Do you, have you seen the film "I Heart Huckabee's"? Uh, no. Okay, so "I Heart Huckabee's." I wanna, I wanna say it's O. Russell, uh, the guy who made "Silver Linings Playbook."
1: Uh huh. It that rings a bell?
0: And it's, I think it's famous because it's, it's one that has Lily Tomlin <laughs> in it, and, uh, and she famously like fought with him on it and 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 and, and did not like him. I, I think it's a I remember seeing it in graduate school and it it's a very kind of weird, surreal, surreal, quirky movie. I guess existentialist comedy is the best way to describe it. There's a lot of discussion of whether or not things are connected or whether they're meaningless and nothing is connected. It's essentially the whole theme over and over and over again. Okay. And one of the elements of the movie is that there is this guy played by Jude Law who is like the the Prince Charming's character nothing goes wrong for him he's beautiful life is good and uh, part of the movie is the total unhinging of the web of stories that he has told that that are his image and someone's trying to, to unravel them and one of the stories that he repeatedly tells in the movie was this time he was riding in a limousine with Shania Twain and gave her a tuna fish sandwich or or saved her from eating a tuna fish sandwich. Whatever it is, okay, he, bragging about being being there for Shania Twain is the constantly telling this Shania Twain mayonnaise story over and over and over again. And then she has a cameo at the end of the movie where she gets mad at him as part of his life unraveling, and even Shania gets mad at him. But okay. I thought that was cool that Shania was the was the artist they picked to put in this movie.
1: <laughs> Why not?
0: <laughs> um what about you? Do you have any like late breaking I admit I have not heard from her in a long time. Not that she calls Well
1: she's me touring. But... She's coming over here. Are like you serious? one show at like Birmingham. I'm like, oh great.
0: Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna I feel like maybe I have a duty to see Shania Twain in concert. I think you do. Whoa, she's playing in my area. There you go. I think I might even be in town. Then we we'll see. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can justify. We've, we've done some big concert going. We went to see Pink earlier this year, which was amazing. But it was the most I've ever spent on a concert. But it was, it was yeah. worth
1: it. Yeah, I don't know what Shania's asking, but I'm assuming it's not going to be cheap.
0: <laughs> Do you have any Shania questions for me?
1: Hmm. Let's see. Did you know that she was married to the Nestle um, heir? now now yeah all right
0: because she and Mutt eventually break up
1: oh yeah they break up whatever um, and I still think he's a creep
0: yeah there's something creepy about his whole.
1: There's just he's yeah that I think it might be the hair <laughs>
0: he's got
1: very untrustworthy hair
0: I don't know what it is <laughs> untrustworthy hair. I don't know
1: what it is about him
0: that is amazing that <laughs> is amazing
1: Yeah.
0: untrustworthy hair well, so who has trustworthy hair
1: um, let's see Like guys?
0: Yeah we- So I'm looking at pictures of Mutt, I get what you're saying Okay, that is untrustworthy hair
1: Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know Like, I like the shaggy look, but that, you're taking it To the extreme now Um, who's got trustworthy? I don't know I I like, um, like Joe McHale's
0: Oh, just- really? Okay What about, what about Adam Scott? I bet he's got That man's got trustworthy
1: yeah, hair Yeah, he's got trustworthy hair, yeah, yeah. Um Let's see you got your Bill Haters.
0: Bill Hater also trustworthy hair. Yeah,
1: trustworthy hair. Now
0: here's a complicated one. Also a Canadian. What about Ryan Reynolds? Uh,
1: yeah, I would say trustworthy hair.
0: Okay, all right,
1: and, and kind eyes. Bad <laughs>
0: Guy, <laughs> there's we were, we were we were I was it during the show or before the show we were listing um, certain famous celebrities that make me swoon and Ryan Reynolds is definitely one of them. I oh was,
1: Ryan Reynolds I, is definitely. I,
0: I was an watch. early adopter of Ryan Reynolds. Saw Van Wilder re- wait, in the movie. Do you movie
1: remember? Theater. No, wait. Do you remember Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place? Do you remember that show?
0: I remember that show existing, but I don't remember ever seeing oh. it. All right, but is that where he started? Yes, oh, that's amazing. So I, I always brag about having I went to see Van Wilder in the movie theater. But I, don't know. I guess take you're, take you're, it back three or four years. You're OG, uh, OG <laughs> Ryan Reynolds fan. So <laughs> what? Um, w- sorry, what? um of the Shania, if if you were to take the Shania song and make a musical with them, okay,
1: like Mamma
0: Mia, right, right like <laughs> Mamma Mia, exactly. It doesn't have to be any smarter than Mamma Mia, but I've
1: never seen it, so I have no idea.
0: You've never seen the movie? I actually really love the movie. I hear the play is like, or the movie I really enjoyed. It's very long. It always it feels very long. And oh, then no. Allie had the, the the full Broadway soundtrack and it was like two discs. Who so loves so much ABBA music that okay? No, I'll pass <laughs> that's, that's So the first movie is very charming But if you were to make an ABBA with Shania Twain songs uh, An ABBA, a Mamma Mia or a, or a Billy Joel's Moving Out Maybe something a little more, you know, dancey, artistic mm-hmm. What would the plot of a Shania music um, play be? Uh,
1: I think she's got to be like Almost like a Thelma from Thelma and Louise, like she's in like a a, a terrible marriage, and her husband doesn't care. Oh
0: ah, I like, and that. like
1: it. And like, and it ends obviously with up because it's like, you know, it can only go going, up. up, up, up. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, ah, that's um, great. And man, I feel like a woman could be sort of like a.
1: Her breaking point, you know. And exactly. That's where she's going out on the town to show her husband.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or when her husband's out, she's she's kind of like dancing in front of the mirror, you know, mm-hmm. feeling empowered. Yeah. All right, and don't impress me much. Yeah, that, that that could all. All right, I'm sold. That's like there you go. That's it. Write it out. All right, we're taking it. Print. Didn't you say that once? <laughs> he told me to print well, I don't know what that means But it seems like something someone would say And, and alright Now comes a big moment We do this every week Okay. This is the body part Rockstar body part showdown Or Rockstar anatomy showdown Now we last week we did not need audience participation Because we had a unanimous mm-hmm. Unanimous uh, Vote for David Cassidy's hair Over uh, Rick Allen's severed arm Yes. Different, But now I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw down the challenge. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need scientific explanations as to who you pick in Shania's midriff versus oh. David Cassidy's flowing locks.
1: See now, Cassidy does have somewhat trustworthy hair.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: I said somewhat. I, I'm somewhat, not going full, He's but not, Yeah, I'm not going 100. He's not There's full hater. Little, he's not no. full no. Bill hater. No, 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 no. Um, but Shania's navel kind of just always looked like it's smiling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you would trust Shania Twain's navel more than you would trust David Cassidy's hair. Yeah, I think so. Is that is trust going to be what pushes this one over the edge?
1: For me, yes.
0: For you, okay.
1: I don't know what what is your take
0: though. Well, I'm gonna have to go with Shania's midriff. Not so much because of its trustworthiness, but because of the fact that of how controversial it was, how she had to overcome her midriff as impressive as it is in order to get to where she was. Whereas Cassidy, his locks were part of his power, right? And it's eventually true. he cuts those. But it sounds like to Shania, you know, to Shania, the midriff was was, was both a blessing and a curse. It was, it was her, you know, both her strength and her weakness as she tried to push against the traditions of Nashville. And so to me, that midriff really symbolizes, you know, all of the adversity Shania had to overcome.
1: That's well done. That's well. That's some deep stuff. That's like project. that's like when
0: I don't know. Did you ever do debate in school? I did not because once I found out it involved research and working hard, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> we don't just get to talk.
1: Um, I did it once because we had to, and at the time I was ter- I was terrified of speaking in public, and I just never wanted to do it again. Really? So yeah.
0: Yeah. You're terrified of speaking in public. That's uh-huh. almost like incongruous to me. Yeah But I guess I guess I mean that's one of the biggest fears People have in the world Right So I guess that's not Crazy to have That fear mm-hmm. When did you overcome it Or how did you overcome it Or have you ever overcome it
1: Well I've clearly overcome like, it now Because like, I have to I have to get on stage And do comedy But um, It was Sort of like going towards The end of high school And did you guys have to do Like speeches every year Because everyone in Ontario had to do that.
0: So we had a speech competition. I actually competed for it once. It was like a big moment in my... I would never have done that. I would always assume there were kids that were better than it. But one year I did. And I gave a speech that was inspired (laughs) by uh, R.E.M.'s cover of the song Superman that's at the end of Life's Rich Pageant. But -hmm. at the time, I didn't really know that they didn't write it. So it was a little bit awkward that I built this speech around this (laughs) quote that... I wasn't disqualified because of that, but it just didn't. I, I didn't make it to the second round, but I was very. It was a big moment of me doing my showing. But so you had to give speeches every year.
1: Yeah, you had like in high school you had to do speeches, which is another thing I hated. Um, you could pick your topic or whatever, and I sort of got like to the point in high school where I was like, I don't really care if any of these people like me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you finally, like, it kind of just snaps in your head and you're like, oh, these people are awful people and I don't uh, really care.
0: Oh, and okay. I, that I that I, that I I feel. But worrying about people liking me, I'm like, I'll let you know when I get over that.
1: Oh, I want people to like me. But then there's a point where you where you get to the point where you're like, I don't really care if you like me because you're a horrible person. Oh, and yeah. that's kind of how I viewed most of the, my, my schoolmates at the time. And um, so I just... I, every speech that people made was like like factual and da da da. And I just decided I was gonna do like this weird almost like a comedy stand up routine. That's awesome. About, about um how my mom and my sister were flying to England and the plane nearly caught on fire and we had to do an emergency landing straight after we like, took off. Um, that really and happened. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm glad uh, you're i I'm glad you're okay
1: oh yeah we were fine we literally just got on the air and then the pilot was like everybody um uh we have to land and we're like what the hell's going off and we looked out and like yeah one of the jet things on the wing was like like shooting out flames and stuff and we're like okay
0: oh my goodness wow okay so yeah all right
1: (laughs) But yeah, I went up there and did this comedy routine, and uh, it went down really well, and I actually won that year.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Wow, man. It, to me, stand up, I would say stand up comedy is not something I do. Comedic performing is not something I do. It's terrifying to me. To me, it's the most terrifying art. It seems to be, it, there's no art where there more are you being evaluated in the moment than that art. And can and you're aware of how you're being evaluated?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because comics seem to also be able to tell, like, oh, people were laughing for real, or they were just chuckling, or whatever. I'm always. Or
1: they weren't laughing is even worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, well, no, that's rough. I guess that it happens to everyone eventually. I've been to a lot of comedy showcases. In fact, I went to one in England once, which was or an an amateur comedy night, Mm -hmm. and there were actually a few really funny folks. Sure. Google this guy Mister Spooky. It was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. But Mister Spooky was like this weird mix of musical horror comedy performance. That's
1: Ooh, for, sounds right up my alley.
0: Um, <clears throat> really, really strange. But his tape broke in the middle, so it was a little weird. Oh, he played no. to a track. Yeah, I'm going to send you a link after this. Uh, okay. Okay. So now, now we're. I feel like we. I feel like we've wrapped up Shania. And uh-huh. unless you've got any parting Shania thoughts.
1: No. No, I, you know, she's a legend.
0: She is. She's she is a legend.
1: I think she needs to not have like twenty years in between the next album and stuff, but whatever.
0: Yeah, right. we've gone we've gone hard on Shania. This is great. Okay, so now we always like to catch up the episodes we don't have copies of. Viacom again, if you're listening, we'd love to send us some screeners. We love we love a few screeners. Yeah, some we'll stuff. take them. Maybe maybe you know we can you walk us through the vault. So here yes. are the episodes that we will have missed in between Mr. Cassidy and Shania. We have Madonna.
1: Ugh. But, I mean, what don't we know about Madonna? (laughs) Like, I love her. She's probably my number one singer, but what don't we not know?
0: That's a really good point. Like, her behind the music in 1998 of all years, what have people not learned? I mean, to me with Madonna, she, yeah, she's just, her story was always part of her story, right?
1: Of the package, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's Madonna. Then there's one on 1968, one of those year ones that they did it's cool. Was that cool. Woodstock? No, Woodstock '69, '68 is it? summer before. It's that's cool, super cool. Um, I'm sure there's lots of great music stuff in there. Uh, now number three, this is odd, and I'm pretty sure it has some Canadian connections, but they chose to do a whole behind the music on Steppenwolf, <laughs>
1: also known as John
0: Kay and Steppenwolf.
1: Wow, I'd like so, to know the uh, dark secrets of that one.
0: So I had. I think I either got it at like a used record store in Montreal or I got it through BMG or Columbia House. There's, like many of these artists I know because of those record programs. Stefan Wolf's Fifteen <laughs> Greatest Hits or something like that. Like it was some sort of super generic name, but everyone I knew had it because right. I loved the song Born to Be Wild.
1: Oh, everybody loves that song though.
0: So you, so. I have a very specific comedy related earliest memory of that song. I'm curious if you have any early memories of that song. That Born
1: to be Wild is always going to be Al Bundy for Married with Children. Really? Yes.
0: What is the story? That's not the one I have, but I would love to hear what this is.
1: <clears throat> um, there's one where he gets a new Dodge, or like a newer used Dodge, and he puts in a tape. And just goes driving down the road And Born to be Wild's playing And that will always be Al Bundy's song
0: <laughs> Oh, that's amazing So for me, do you remember a movie Called Opportunity Knocks Starring Dana, yes. Dana Carvey Yes, of so course There's this scene and, I, and, and there was this period where it was the only movie playing on airplanes <laughs> And my sisters <laughs> and I saw it Ten times on airplanes And there's a scene where Dana Carvey Lip-syncs Born to be Wild To to, sh- yes. to impress a woman, but also to escape from a criminal that's chasing him, and he has to totally sell it. And to me, that was just—I thought Dana Carvey was the coolest guy. I thought the song was so cool. I love the way he did that moment. So to me, "Born to Be Wild," first thing I will always think of is Dana Carvey. Nice.
1: That's a good one. Though.
0: John Denver. That's another one we missed. Oh. So my most... There's a lot you can say about John Denver. Like the old oh, What's his
1: big hit? I'm just trying to think now.
0: Well, there's Rocky Mountain High, Sunshine on... Uh, Sunshine on the yeah. that one. Uh, country Road, didn't he write that one? Maybe. Country Road, take me now. So, uh, but to me, the most recent John Denver memory I have is in one of my absolute favorite episodes of the Goldbergs when Barry is trying to win over Lainey's dad and he mishears that Laney's dad likes John Denver and shows up dressed like Gilligan and says, would you like to wear matching bucket hats like your favorite actor, Bob Denver?
1: Oh, Barry. Uh,
0: Never, ever, ever will get tired of that joke. That scene cracks me up every single time.
1: Oh, remember bucket hats? They were so good.
0: Uh, <laughs> I had—I think I still have. It's not exactly a bucket hat, but I have something like that uh, that that I got at camp one summer. And then the last one before 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 we would have reached Shania is Blondie. Oh. Deborah Harry.
1: Yeah.
0: Call Me. Not a song <laughs> I dig, but I, I always really like the song "The Tide Is High." That was a cool song. Kind of, uh,
1: I might know what to hear it, but I don't know if I. Like,
0: I don't know where it fits in the history of ska and not ska, but to me, like, the song The Tide is High is where you get a whole dimension of Gwen Stefani's music, right? Like, like no doubt can be traced to a bunch of different places, one of the bands being Fishbone, one of my all-time favorite bands. (laughs) Deborah Harry and that particular song, to me, without knowing, you know, what they were thinking when they wrote their songs, like, traces directly to... To no doubt from a musical perspective So I would check out The Tide is High I think that's like kind of a, a, an underrated lesser known song by theirs Other than that, Fair. Blondie doesn't do much for me I don't really know much else about them Okay, well I think that brings us to the end of This week's Behind the Behind the Music Ash, where can people follow you?
1: Oh man you do find you have me on...
0: anything to plug?
1: Um, Not Possibly Um find me on <laughs> You can find me on Twitter uh, at comedy underscore girl. On Instagram, I'm Improvinator. If anyone from the UK is listening, my uh, improv team, The Antics, are performing on the seventh of uh, uh, July here in Sheffield. You can get your tickets online. Just Google us, and we hope to see you.
0: That's awesome. I'm gonna Google you guys. That's terrific. This is this is the first. This is a big deal. This is the reveal of your your comedy troops name. I didn't, I didn't know it until. Oh,
1: really? I'm, didn't I say it before?
0: No, I'm very excited. All right. This is cool. I'm going <laughs> to check that out.
1: We're on uh, Facebook.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me at pancake for table on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check out uh, this podcast on pancake slash BTBTM, and <laughs> tell your friends about it, uh, rate Sweet. it, Leave us a review. All those things are welcome. If you uh, would like to hear me yammer on some more, you can also catch me on the Friday Night Movie Podcast that I do with my sisters. And and by the way, Ash, I have I have pitched to Lily. You going on vacation with her in the Canary uh-huh. Islands, and she had a very funny reaction. It's on this week's episode of Friday Night Movie. Excellent, but it was right, it was wait. positive, of course. But it was it opened up all sorts of family stuff, which I I really enjoyed. But it only further proves to me that you need to that you need to hang out with my sister. I think I do. <laughs> all right, so uh, that brings us to the end. We have felt like a woman. We've. <laughs> We've We've gone up, up, up. We've gone up, up, up. We've not impressed me much.
1: We've rocked this country.
0: (laughs) And it looks like we've made it. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) We've had all of the success, heartbreak, passion, fame, fortune, and glory of Behind the Music in this week's episode where we talked about Shania Twain. Thank you, Ash, for another fun time. See you soon.
1: Thank you. See ya.
0: Bye.